From the studios of Tucson Business Radio X, recorded in the Stewart Title Corporate Offices on Broadway, you are now listening to The Mark Bishop Show. And now here's your host, Mark Bishop. And welcome to another Mark Bishop Show. You know, according to the 21st Annual Technology Vision Report from Accenture, the Technology Vision 2021, which is based on a survey of more than 6,200 business executives. Technology was a lifeline during the global pandemic. This is enabling new ways of working and doing business, creating new interactions and experiences, and improving health and safety. So I thought it'd be great to have uh, the Managing Director of Accenture in the technology vision. This, this is a wonderful area. We're talking about Michael Biltz. He is the Managing Director, and I'd love to welcome him to the show. Hi, Michael. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Well, mate, technology uh, its forever changed expectations and behaviours. I mean, it's created entirely new realities across every industry. What say you? No, I think I think it is. But what's interesting about this year is it's less about how technology is changing us and rather how much the world is changing and we're using technology almost to stabilize our, our lives. You know, so there's been a real flip of script over the last year, you know, as we've been looking at COVID as the disruptor and then technology has really been, you know, I'm going to say our lifeline, you know, from villain to hero, you know, in terms of trying to keep our jobs, trying to keep us healthy, keep us safe. Mm. Well, I guess as companies shift from, uh, you know, reacting to the crisis to uh, reinventing what comes next, uh, the boldest, most visionary leaders you know, those who use technology to master change, I guess they're going to define the future, won't they? No, I think they are, you know, and, and that's a weird position, I think, for most companies to be in, is that, like, if you almost close your eyes and if you can imagine yourself back, you know, pre-COVID, is we all thought we had a pretty good idea as to where things were going, you know, and whether you're talking about, you know, electric vehicles or you're talking about, you know, uh, personalization, you know, is that all, all of those things seem to have a pretty direct line, but, you know, suddenly, you know, insert, you know, basically a global tragedy that nobody expected. And now I think we're talking about little bits of the unknown. You know, let me give you an example is mm. that, you know, one of the things that you know, we've seen happen is that, you know, the trust in mass transit has, you know, basically, you know, dropped really, really low. You know, part of it's a health and safety, mm. you know, part of it is just a habit, part of it's we're now working from home. And so there's that interesting question that says, well, one, you know, I think there's a 65% drop in ridership within the U.S. Is the question is, one, is it going to survive? And then two, you know, if it does survive, is it still trains and subways, you know, and buses? Or, you know, are we going to be looking to technology that says it's going to be automated cars and Ubers and whatnot, you know, that's going to replace it? And we thought we knew the answer a year ago as we're all investing heavily in more and more mass transit. And I think now we're going to start asking some real questions for companies like the Fords and GMs of the world to say, you know, what exactly does our future look like? Cause you know, weirdly enough, when you ask people is the, they don't know yet either. And so, you know, we really are looking to companies to figure out what that next wave is. Well, you know, when I was a kid, mate, I used to watch a TV uh, series called the Jetsons. You're probably too young for that. 
but uh, we're nearly there. No, I remember the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's scary. <laughs> Flying through the air with cars and what have you. But, I mean, you know, Arizona at the moment, I think we've got something like, uh, oh, I think there's uh, uh, 2,400, um, uh, you know, driverless cars on the road. Uh, there's trucks being tested, of course, and set up. And uh, I think in the States, isn't there something like, oh, no, well, I know there's China. There's 400 uh, companies manufacturing driverless cars you know and that's just china so i mean no i mean i mean and it's all farther than we think i mean because we keep thinking about it in terms of the well when am i going to get mine you know but the reality is that you go on to like a, a mining site and you know those giant pieces of equipment they're not you know, dream driven by people. They're all driverless. You know, you look at, you know, big far pieces of farming equipment and tractors is that they're doing the same thing. So we're a lot closer to some of these things than we think. We just don't know how some of these things are really going to play out. No, no. Well, this particular report now, the vision report, you know, a survey of yep. more than 6,200 business execs um, you know, in technology being a lifeline. Let's talk about the report. Leaders wanted, masters of change at a moment of truth, uh, outlines how leading enterprises are compressing a, a decade of digital transformation into just one or two years now. I think that's right, is that, you know, what we saw is that, you know, COVID was weirdly a stress test for all of our businesses. You know, is that, you know, we keep talking about, putting you know more of our stuff in the cloud and businesses keep talking about being more analytic and more resilient and you know all of those good terms that we're investing in and covid shown a really bright light on the the things that worked and the things that didn't you know mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i think in some respects we just weren't far as, as far along as we thought we were you know I, we we came back with a number that said uh, 94% of companies said that their supply chains were interrupted because of COVID in 74 said that they were drastically interrupted. And so there was an amount of, well, we thought we were flexible enough to handle anything and we weren't. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of it turned into, we're now starting to see a, a bigger and bigger gap between the people who are far along and the people who weren't. So let me, let me, let me explain that in a little more detail. Yeah, please do. The prior to COVID. Yeah. Prior to COVID, Companies that were investing heavily in digital were growing their revenue at a rate that was 2x those that weren't. Now, now that we're seeing in COVID, that 2x has gone to 5x. And so there's an amount that says that when you think about digital technology, you know, one of the big pieces that it's pushing is the ability for you to rapidly change. Mm. And prior to COVID, that was important because you always want to get ahead. But now that we're really seeing, you know, we're seeing you know, us going from a boom time to economic questions. We're seeing people losing their jobs. We're seeing preferences on, you know, my buying stuff in person. Am I doing things in mobile? You know, the all of the change that we're seeing going around suddenly becoming a much higher priority on every company's agenda. And so the companies that are able to move fast and move quickly are getting farther and farther ahead and it's creating this new digital gap that we're predicting. Well, according to uh, some more of your research, business leaders, you know, they're relying on a strong digital core to adapt and innovate at uh, lightning speed. But the leaders are growing revenues, as you say, you know, five and ten times faster. 
than laggards today versus only two times faster, what, back in 2015, 2018, according to your, uh, you know, Accenture res- uh, research. But here's what gets me. I'm not going to mention the bank, but I-, I was on the phone an hour the other day trying to get through to fix a problem with my business account. Now, yep. you know, I know the COVID has hurt and I all this jazz, but I tell you what, in this day and age with digital and God knows what, surely not having to press nine, uh, you know, digital things on the phone and still not get through and then wait an hour in today's modern world. I mean, I, I don't get that at all, you know. No, and, and, and I think that's just it is the we've been talking about some of these simple solutions like the one that you just talked about, you know, for years. And we've been very slowly and methodically investing to do this, but frankly, it just hasn't happened that fast. And I think that's the real big difference we have here is is that it's no longer just a roadmap and a plan about how people are going to do things, is that when we're talking to companies is that staying still and doing nothing is no longer an option. Like there's enough turmoil out there. There's enough problems with their existing business. Their consumers have changed enough that suddenly just staying in that safe home place where you're still making money, but being really efficient at it, it's no longer enough. And so what we thought was going to take another decade for us to do. And a lot of times it's the simple things. Mm. It's, you know, it's how do you automate some of these systems? How do we make your user experience a little bit easier? How do you get things up on the cloud and make it more resilient? Is that those are things that we're seeing a huge ramp up in investment, you know, and we're really predicting that things that we thought were going to take a decade, you know, are realistically going to happen in the next two to three years. It's amazing. Folks, I'm speaking with Michael Belty's managing director of the Accenture Technology Vision and this uh, this is Vision 21, uh, 2021, which is based on a survey of more than 6,200 business executives. And, you know, you can follow this. Get online uh, yourself. Have a read. There's a lot on the site, uh, com slash technology vision. And each year, this uh, technolo- uh, technology vision report, it identifies the top technology trends that businesses need to heed in order to thrive. Um, what were some of the main insights from the latest report, Michael, that stood out to you? Yeah, I think that one of the ones that stood out to me is the fact that um, we're not going to stop working from home. Is that I, I think that there's a, a notion for a lot of people that we're just waiting for vaccines and then suddenly everybody's going to go back to work again, mm. you know, in a office, you know, pre-COVID. And it's just not what we're seeing, you know, both in terms of, you know, companies like Fujitsu, you know, announcing that all 80,000 people have a option to either work from home, sure. work from the office, or do some sort of hybrid halfway in between, mm-hmm. you know, to the surveys that we've been pushing out that basically are coming back and telling us that, of people believe that they're either going to be working from home full-time or at least part-time once COVID is gone. And this is a pretty big shift, you know, and let me give you the, you know, the, the magnitude is that yeah. the last time we've seen a shift this big was in world war one and world war two, when women entered the workforce right. is that this is a huge thing. I mean, we're talking about changing the way that we act and interact with each other. It says everything from, you know, 
I'm home all the time to what I'm expected to do, you know, how we raise our kids to uh, education potentially being something that happens, you know, remotely, you know, more often to questions about whether populations and city centers are still going to be the center of where everybody goes or whether we can work from anywhere, anytime. Is it we're really talking about a ripple effect that says if half of our workforce can really work anywhere they want, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to start to see, you know, ripples that are going to last for, you know, decades. Yeah, well, you know, clearly the uh, pandemic has been a major factor, uh, you know, in this year's report. Uh, how did COVID-19, you know, not, not to mention other global events from the past year, but how much did global uh, how much did covid-19 shape your findings i mean i, I think it it almost single-handedly changed most of what we wanted to focus on yeah i mean cuz it's it's one of those interesting things that says the it's not that everybody changed what they were going to do it's rather the on one hand everything everything got done at an accelerated pace that says you know for example we've been looking at remote work for many years and there's more and more that's being done now that being said is that because of covid you know companies like uh the national healthcare um in england is that they onboarded 1.2 million people to enable them to work remotely and do remote office visits so healthcare related in a matter of 3 weeks that was something that was likely going to take a, a decade or more with lots of arguing in between as to whether or not they should be mm. doing it, what it was effective. And it just happens, you know, and then the other side of it, you know, really turns into <clears throat> us realizing that the set future that we thought it was going to be, as soon as we accelerate up, that says, oh my gosh, we're going to be doing remote working and it's going to be mobile pay. And suddenly even our parents and grandparents are going to be ordering things, you know, online and not right. going to the store is the, all of those things we've talked about them before, but now the question is, well, if those happened, have happened and are happening, what's next? And it's that interesting white space that I think we're all surprised, you know, that we're suddenly having to ask hard questions because, mm. you know, we used to just push them off because if it was more than five years in the future, nobody thought we'd be particularly accurate. So we didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> you know, and I think right. suddenly everybody's thinking now it's time for us to formulate new plans. Now's the time, you know, for a GM to come back and say, if I had an opportunity to take over mass transit, what would I do? You know, whereas they would never have even bothered to ask something like that, as, even as a speculatory question 18 months ago. Moving forward, there are uh, new realities that leaders and businesses, you know, they'll need to tackle head on a, a lot of different areas. You've touched on this, but, you know, what are these new dynamics, do you think, and, and how are companies addressing them? You know, the working from home jazz, does that simply mean something like, wow, companies now won't have to pay holiday pay, they won't have to pay holidays, you know, uh, sickness benefits. I mean, do you see this writing on the wall or or what? I mean, I I think it's a, you know, weirdly enough is that I think what's going to happen around the, especially from the working from home piece, is that all the things that we've taken for granted, I think we're actually going to start to digitize. 
And it's, mm. it's, it's a weird thing even for me to say, you know, but when you think about how your productivity at work works is that who you know, who you're chatting with, your network, you know, the who you're having lunch with, you know, the collaboration sessions, you know, the things that you hear, you know, uh, getting excited, engaged because the people around you are using your work or you're able to help somebody. I mean, these are all part and parcel for how you're working. And when you start talking about remote work is the we've gotten part of it right. We've gotten the remote worker part that says I can connect and I can share information. And if there's not a physical reason why I have to be there, I don't have to do it. But the things that we haven't gotten yet is it says that remote worker is actually an isolated worker. They're, they're not talking to people. They're not having the social conversations. They're having meetings only when there are specific things to cover. Mm-hmm. Your, how you engage your team, how you excite people, how you create and engender loyalty. Yeah, I mean, all of these things that go into it is that all those soft skills have suddenly been lost. You know, and I think we're going to see you know, a couple of things happen. This is that one, we're going to see people start to digitize and create new ways to do those things online. You know, and then the other thing that I think is going to be fascinating is that when we do go back into the office, and I think a lot of people aren't going to be doing it full time, mm-hmm. is that I think the nature of office work is going to change. It's not going to be about getting work done. You get work done at home. Mm-hmm. I think when you go to the office, you're going to the office to do all the soft skills, to collaborate, to yeah, socialize, to, collaborate, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to brainstorm. Yeah, exactly. Well, it won't and be the eight-hour that- day or the nine-hour day or the seven-hour day, will it? It's, it's going to be, uh, I see, that uh, you sort of do your thing as long as you get your job done, you know? As long as you get the, yeah. well, what's expected of you yeah. done, uh, then you can collaborate together with other workers and so on and, and decide, I guess, what the next uh, trip is going to be, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very different. And, I mean, for companies that may be facing a significant digital achievement gap, you know, in the wake of uh, the pandemic, uh, what trend, or two for that matter, do you view as most critical, you know, to focus on? I mean, I, I, yeah, I think the most critical one is, is honestly the it's the simple one, you know, which is what we're calling stra- stack strategically, you know. But this is the idea that says you can't separate your strategy from your technology anymore, you know. So um, GM, for example, announced uh, a number of weeks back that it was going to invest twenty-seven billion dollars to make their fleet fully electric by twenty twenty-six. And you ask the question that says, so is that a strategic decision or is that a technology decision? And the answer is there's no difference anymore. (laughs) And so there's, but there's, yeah, but there's this weird piece to it that says, okay, so I understand why investing into electric vehicles and I understand the strategy that you're trying to play, but what you also may not as easily recognize is that by choosing those technology investments is that you're also cutting off other avenues that says the, all right, so if you're really pushing to make your whole fleet, you know, electric is the, does that mean that you're not going to be putting efforts into things like uh, synthetic fuels? Yeah, right. You know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and Porsche is doing exactly the opposite is that they're basically doubling down that says, well, we want to keep combustion engines because we think there are lots of reasons and we also get to keep our existing fleet and we like the way it sounds and the performance, you know, off of that. And so they're 
pushing all of their investments into these synthetic fuels because they think they get the green, the end-to-end greenhouse gases off of those to be at or below, you know, what we're currently doing through electric vehicles. And so the goal might be the same, you know, but suddenly how you attack a problem, the strategy you do is going to be fundamentally dependent on the technology that I have behind you. And as we're all digitizing ourselves up, suddenly that's going to be every company making those decisions. And particularly as everybody is trying to act and react quickly right now you know, in the COVID changing world is that you have to realize that your decisions are going to both enable you to reach out and chase after your dreams, you know, but they're also going to be the ones that are going to limit you, you know, to the other strategies and the other paths you could have taken. Mm. Well, folks, Michael Biltz, he leads uh, Accenture's technology vision, the um, rollout and development group, and the company's annual technology visioning process. And through Accenture's technology vision, uh, Michael, you really define, don't you, uh, Accenture's perspective on the future of technology. You know, this is beyond the current conversations that you hear, like social, cloud, mobility, and big data to focus on how technology will impact the way we work and live. It's beyond that. I mean, you're like a futurist in some ways, you know that? <laughs> you can affect the stock market. It's, it's, what, I'm, it's, it's what I try to do. Uh, I, I don't know if I can affect the stock market. I'm just trying to get people to be prepared to understand that that the decisions that we're making now, nowadays are, are big enough that companies, people, individuals, is that we really are shaping the world. You know, but we're going to also we're going to get the world that we deserve. And so, if we're really thoughtful and think about how we do this, you know, responsibly, and mm-hmm. you know, we think mm-hmm. about how we do this for the betterment of our planet and ourselves, is the I think we're going to be happy at the end. And if we don't, you know, then you know we're going to well, get what we you deserve. Know, that's it. We're dead and gone. But my my children and their grandchildren and their children. Uh, you know, I mean, do you think with what you know and what you see and, and being in the world that you're in, do you think they're going to solve the problem for the planet, you know, sincerely? Because let's face it, greed takes over everything. And, uh, you know, there's going to have to be some major changes. We're running out of years, aren't we? We are running out of years. Um, the, the, the good news is is that when you look at the actual changes and things that people have in terms of the planet, the planet is that there really are like lots of options. Now, the best option would be to, you know, I'm going to say not put, you know, greenhouse gases out there, you know, but I think that there are a lot more options than people think in terms of, you know, how we pull it back. Mm-hmm. The, the the question is, um, you know, how fast do we do it and how extreme a measure do we have to you know, take, you know, but I'm actually more optimistic, you know, than I think most. And the reason that I say that is, you know, five years ago and probably even three years ago, when you were talking at us at the sea level at most of these big companies is this wasn't a, a topic. I mean, it was something that, yeah, maybe it's in the brochures, maybe it's things they're doing, you know, but looking at be anything beyond the bottom line wasn't something that was really a important priority for most companies. And right. I think nowadays it's hard to sit down and, not talk about jobs in the workforce. It's hard not talk about sustainability in the planet. And I'm not saying that we're there yet and that everything isn't, you know, there's some lip service still going on to it, you know, but the reality is, is the 
people are starting to choose how they spend their money based off of their values more mm-hmm. and more. And I think that as we continue to do that, you know, we're going to see companies follow suit and start making bigger investments in things that are going to be, you know, not just good for individuals, but rather good for our society. Amazing. Amazing. Is there a lot of stuff on the side, Michael, that my listeners can go to and, uh, you know, learn about, catch up about? This is on Accenture.com. Accenture.com forward slash technology vision. And there is a full report, an executive summary, uh, videos, tweets, and probably more information you ever wanted to know. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, it's always great to talk with you. You're a good speaker and you know your stuff. I'll give you that. You're a genius at what you do. Michael Biltz, ladies and gentlemen, Managing Director of the Accenture Technology Vision. I hope to speak with you again soon, Michael. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. I hope you enjoyed that on the Mark Bishop Show, and we'll be back soon. 